Blog Talk Radio. Saturday, I hope it's beautiful where you are. 
Um, and only one thing can make it more beautiful, and that is seize greetings to the whole wide world. Yep. So uh, let me get to that. <laughs> For all those checking us out right now, I say good morning, good afternoon, good night. Once no checks, no dias. Kanishiwa, salam, namaste, sakpase, sakafet, assalamualaikum, alafia, bareb, good day, nehumar. Bonjour, bonsoir, what up, son, what up, though, bon dia, alito, arcaske, where you at, and that's what the business is. Annual, they say, oh, so what day, favu bona, sua bona as well. Greetings, greetings, greetings. What's up, what's up? My goodness. We have said hello to everybody in the whole wide world. And we want to welcome our new additions to the show every week. We have a couple of folks that are tuned in for the first time, and we want to let you know that you are more than welcome here. And since you've tuned in, you're now deemed an intellectual. That's what we call our friends here on Indie Review Radio. You can find us here every Saturday, 12 to 1.30. We are here no matter what. That's right. No matter what. Right, (laughs) bringing you the latest and greatest and everything independent, not just music, movies, books, art, everything. When you don't yep. have that big machine behind you, you need all the support you can get, and we provide a platform for that. So thank you for tuning in, and you're welcome back anytime. Exactly, exactly. And now more than ever, um, you're likely to not have the big machine behind you. And you know what? And now more than ever, it's okay because there's so many other outlets to get things popping and get things going. So, you know, and then by the time you want to have that relationship with the machine, it's you just not necessary because you've already done the legwork. Mhm. Exactly. So and you should be doing it anyway, regardless of yeah. you know who's behind you or not. Like it's Absolutely. basically your career, your project is your dreams, your world. You, you got to put passion. you know every effort behind it that you can. Right, your passion, all of that, all of that. So um, some some of the things that happened this week, we got a new pope. Okay, crickets. All right, so we got. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, I was just sharing some headlines. Um, we have a new pope. Um, yeah, right, right. So, and, yeah. Uh, for me, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, what does that really mean? I mean, I guess for those who are, you know, into that faith and believers of that, you know, then that's a very, very big deal for all the, well, you know, you this, billion I Catholics. Was- Around the world, I was born and raised Catholic. I was born and raised Catholic, and I still don't really get the whole Pope thing. However, you know, and I say this about I say this because I I say this about organized. I have a different relationship with organized religion as a whole. However, um, my family Catholicism for us is more cultural than anything else. Do you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. when we go to St. Luke's. You know, my mom and dad got married in that church, and we know we're going to see all of our cousins. So it really is about the fellowship and, the, you know, going to see Aunt so-and-so, and then we all gather in the church hall and have lunch or dinner. That's just what we did. So outside of that, when you start getting into the particulars and the doctrines and the not so much, I don't know what that is. So right. yeah. I have that conversation often with people that know me and know that I'm a spiritual being, um, and they're like, how can you be both? I said, because now I – my relationship with the church is different for different reasons. It's not the same reason. The reason is because I know that my mom likes to see me sitting, you know, when she's singing from the choir. I'm okay with that. I can do that for my mom. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm Mm -hmm. not going there with any huge expectations. I don't expect to walk out of there with 
all the answers in life, I expect to see my mother's smiling face when I sit in the pew. That's why I go. Right. So well, that's enough for her. It's enough for me. Right, However, right. in case she's listening, in case she's listening, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my mother still calls to see if I went to church. <laughs> and big up to, to Mama LeBlanc, very, very wonderful, wonderful person uh, who really bless you with, you know, the most wonderful dishes that you have ever seen in your lifetime. Wow. We're like about seven to eight people. <laughs> really? And how can we indulge? Uh, uh, you you got to go out to the west, to the west coast. Okay. I can do that. I've done that before. Yeah, yeah, you know, so. Well, you know, is. we're foodies, so, so we like all that. We like all the foodies. Um, we like food, period. And anytime we have an opportunity, and just so you know, I gave my last box of Girl Scout cookies away. <laughs> so for you guys that were listening last week and a little concerned about my Girl Scout cookie addiction, no worries. I pulled it together. I pulled Your it together. GMO cookies. I, I gave my GMO Girl Scout cookies away. <laughs> you know, there was a um, a, a story. Uh, this week also in regards to those cookies that there was some group, I don't know where exactly in the U.S., that falsely reported sales of their cookies in like a a huge, huge amount, but it was all false. false. So they had to, you know, um, take back whatever claims or whatever monies they said to have made and, you know, which is bad on all all scales because you know that that money goes to support you know local Girl Scout groups and so forth and whatever it is that they're doing. So now, whoever those groups were don't have that particular funding and money behind them because somebody lied and chose to uh, you know try to cheat the system when it comes to selling those Girl Scout cookies. Mm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. Um. <laughs> All I know is I had to get those cookies out of my house. And can I say that I gained three pounds messing around with them Girl Scout cookies? It's a travesty. I, I can't. believe you because, you know, so, they contain a lot of butter and, you know, shortenings and And I know better than that. So all kinds I'm, of now, I'm now vowing to send my Girl Scout cookies. I will still support the tr- I will still support the Girl Scouts, and I will be sending my cookies over to the troops. With a note, <laughs> eat at your right. own <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and they'll appreciate so, that being yeah in, in the middle of some remote place with no civilization. I'm sure. I'm sure. So we have another great show lineup for you guys. Anytime throughout the show, if you have any questions or you want to chime in, six four six four seven eight five one two three. Um, if you want to send us an email, you can do so at IndieReviewCD at gmail.com. And don't forget to check the blog out, IndieReviewCD.com, where you um, can revisit all of our past shows over the last two years. We have some really great shows there for you. In case you missed anything and you want to recap or, you know, you want to hear all the stuff we talk about (laughs) between songs, some good stuff. Some of it is incriminating, but some of it is good. Um, You can check that out on the blog, too. So don't forget to like us while you're there. Follow the blog um, because we do have posts there with, you know, up-and-comings and and, um, things that we care to share, videos, news stories, and the guests um, that are gracing the mic on the show. 
and sometimes the playlist as well. So just in case sometimes you, the playlist, you know, yes. Wanted to yes. know the name of a song or some, something. It's like okay, we'll, we'll we'll put that up there as well. So absolutely, yep, yep, we have that. So sit back and um, it's tea time for me. So I guess you're gonna throw some great music on, and yes, I'm gonna indeed. go make my tea, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna have a fantastic show. No doubt. So let's get to it <laughs> and we review six four six four seven eight five one two three. You asked me not to write an angry song about you. <laughs> so I this.
today, today in this world, today, Candace Nietzsche right there in the review. Call us up, 646-478-5123. Big ups to Tanaka Beard. We had a conversation with him. Yeah. Right. And congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or he started like, you know, extremely young. Yeah, no, he's old. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so uh big up with him though, he he said he's proud, he's a proud dad happy that, you know, it's time yeah. to give up on himself, you know, which is, a lot of people do, you know, do this different circumstances and different reasons and whatnot. So definitely, definitely, it's, it's a good thing that he's continuing to pursue his dreams and education and stuff like that. Because like I told him, the numbers are, you know, staggering and it's, it's yeah. high as, as far as, you know, um, males, you know, uh, in higher educational uh, positions and whatnot or, or pursuing, you know, higher education uh Pursuits, so to speak. <laughs> well, he's in the chat room talking about he's a young kind of old, whatever that means. Uh, oh, okay. he's a young old. He's a young so old. He's the, the, the type that says the 60s and the 40s. <laughs> no, I'm a young old. That's because I don't have any children as a meter. So no one ever has to know how old I am. <laughs> and Zoe doesn't talk. So she can't tell. <laughs> right, right, she's a right. Puppy. She can always be two. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Forty is the new thirty. Forty is the new thirty. No, I agree. You know, it's interesting. The older you get, the the more you realize that you're not old. That thirty's not old. Forty's not old. Fifty's not old. Like I was watching um, Ellen, and there was a woman on there who went to take her driver's license test. She's a hundred and five, and so funky and so aware. And I was like, is she really hundred and (laughs) five? But she passed the test. She passed a driver's test. I said, when I'm 110, that's it. When I'm 110, I'm getting my pilot's license. <laughs> I hear that. That's how it's going I mean, down. There's, there's no reason why it can't happen. No reason. Well, you know, if we take care of ourselves, we'll be here a lot longer. So there's lots that's, of things we can do to make sure to assure that that happens to the best of our that's, ability. That's the key. Yeah. That's the key. <laughs> definitely, definitely, man. And, um, and, and, and circling back to the thing about the um, the young men, you know, pursuing the higher educational uh, aspirations, you know, I don't know if you heard about the, the young baby that was killed in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that takes everything full circle. So he's not even going to have a chance yeah. to even consider something like that if he wanted to. He's gone. Yeah, I was- I was watching, um, you know, I watch MSNBC um, on the weekends in the morning because all the stuff that they talk about, and they're talking about the stop and frisk. And someone mentioned, you know, in, in situations like Chicago, like is it a, do the does how does the community feel about it? Is the community at their wit's end? Are they to the point where they're like, you know what, fuck it, go ahead and frisk whoever you want. Like we're tired of this. Or are they still? Do they still feel like you know people's rights are being violated for being stopped? Right now, yeah. I don't know if my views on this are correct, but I might frisk whoever you want because if we can't walk down the street safe from our, ourselves, you know what I mean? Then that just doesn't make sense to me. So now we have to choose the lesser of two evils: either we want to be frisked by the police or we want to be shot by some idiots. So right. it's like uh, well, at the end there, of the day, 
for me, it's like there needs to be some some law and order just need to go about it, you yeah. know, in a civilized yeah. manner. Yeah. And it's and it's a scary thing. And I, you know, when you have children that are that have to come to them from school, or you know, you you have to tell your kids how to go to the store. Like, if you get stop or frisk, do this. If someone pulls out a gun, do this. Like, just to go get eggs, you have to have protocol. Yeah. It's exactly. ridiculous. And a big up to um, Lupe Fiasco, who, uh, you know, he's always surrounded and, and shrouded in controversy, but he actually uh, did a song uh, that was dedicated to the little baby boy that was taken. And in the song, he talks about, you know, how he would be at this stage and this stage, and he's now in college and doing this, this, that, and the third. So it's, it's just a very, very uh, great song that he did there. I'll, I'll actually unpost it later okay. on. So, in the box. Yeah. And I think that um I think we have our guest on the show but and perhaps he can reflect uh he can share his thoughts on this as well. You know, because a lot of times they say art reflects our culture. And oh, it back does. then you know, back then, um, when we talk about some of the movies that our guests produced, there was some conflict in those movies and I wonder mm-hmm. What what conflict would look like now as a producer if we're reflecting? Right. So let's welcome the um, incomparable Monty Ross, who has done amazing things in the world of film and art and so forth, trailblazing things, you know, historical <laughs> things on the uh, particular platform of, of film, you know, in, in the world of entertainment. But I'm sure he could tell you a little bit more and go into depth about those Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Mr. Ross, are you there? Mr. Ross. Monty, can you hear us okay? Hello? Hello. Okay, How we got are you? Can, can you hear us okay? Uh, yes, I can. Can you hear me? I can. Yeah. We can. Thank you for calling in and taking the time out to give us a call today. Okay, not a, not a problem. Glad to be here. Yes, yes. So we were just having a conversation about how film can reflect what's current in the society, you know, about conflict or, you know, political conflict, community conflict. Um, and you can chime into that. But before you do that, why don't you share with our listeners um, what you do, who Monty Ross is? Well, my, uh, thank you for having me. And uh, just uh, in terms of my bio, I have... Uh, been involved in the film industry from the independent filmmaker side. Uh, have you know worked with studios? Have provided you know films for studios. Uh, I guess during the golden age, if we will, uh, during the 80s and, and 90s, uh, pretty much after the 70s, had we had a lull, and then we were very fortunate to do a small film called She's Got to Have It that went on to gross like seven million dollars, and that was our introduction into the film business and. Uh, co-produced Do the Right Thing, School Days, Malcolm X, Crooklyn Clockers, and a number of Spike Lee films. Um, and I would say during that time, to segue into the topic, uh, all of our films and the films that I've been involved with have in some way reflected or been a reflection of what was going on uh, currently in society, um, with the exception, I guess, of Malcolm X and the story of... Uh, uh, Adam Clayton Powell Jr., uh, who was one prolific uh, congressman and, and minister uh, from Harlem, 
but e- each one of the films, uh, whether it was Do the Right Thing or Mo Better Blues, uh, each reflected what was going on in society. And, and I think that, um, you know, Spike's work still, in, in certain regards, still reflects, you know, uh, what what does happen? I mean, what happens on a block, neighborhood block, when people have uh, have feelings of uh, harbor feelings of, of 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 race and racial injustice, and, and people get a chance to talk about that and you know do the right thing, broke ground on, in that regard. And then uh, Clockers, you know, Clockers broke ground as far as showing you know what happens when a young man is faced with certain choices and they choose the underground. Not necessarily underground railroad, but it's used underground market, uh, meaning the drug market, uh, to survive and having to, you know, then decide what he's going to do uh, if that's no longer an option. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think quality filmmaking, of course, uh, should always reflect what's going on in society and, and trying to be as accurate uh, as possible. So, so sure, it's, I mean, I, I, I like films. I like films myself who really. <laughs> Reflect uh, what's going on, you know, in society. I did comedy right. as well, but but I do really appreciate a story that uh, is current and gives us a, an idea to take a look at what's going, take a look at what's going on in society. Of course. What what film would you look at now as comparable to some of those same messages? Like, is there any one particular film that stands out to you that does just that right now in today's time? Oh, uh, Django. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> let me let me stop. Django. What do you think about Django, Monty? What's your take on it? Let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. Well, I I think we we I think uh, I mean you certainly have um, uh, Beast of the Southern Wild. You certainly have. Which I um, love that movie. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at Ava's work, uh, Middle of Nowhere, um, you know, and the, the film prior to that. Um, but I, I think we've hit a hit a lull, if you will. I mean, there are some other films that are out there that are just not coming to mind. Right. But, I, but I'm saying I I I don't know if we have variety like we used to in the '90s. At least you had. Of soul food on one hand, you had Love Jones on the other hand. You would uh, you would have an Ease Bayou. Uh, then you would have a commercial film. John Singleton would do a, right. a commercial film. Uh, Spike and I were doing movies, and and then you'd have a little you know ten thousand dollar film over here that was making right. a lot of noise. A little yeah. hundred fifty thousand dollar foreign film would come in, and uh, you know uh, Suzanne Dupas. Uh, she was trying to, you know, of course, do stuff on television with the Jacksons, and so it was, you know, you could pick and choose. And and now I think we've, we've we're back to, um, you know, ex- what investors, whether independent or not, have a tendency to want exponential growth, meaning you got to come out of the gate, you know, both guns blazing, and your film has to really, you know, have a um, tremendous appeal, commercial appeal. Right. But, but at the same time, again, you know, we're crying for variety and diversity. I love Tyler Perry, um, you know, in that regard. I, I love all the, the, the guys who are out here doing stuff. And l- let me just say that, you know, hey, the, the few that Spike has and the beef Spike has with a number of folks, but especially with, with uh, 
with Tyler, what those brothers don't understand is that when they work, about 350 people work. And people get their union cards, people get insurance cards, and people have, you know, things that they can put on their resume to get them to the next job in this this business, in this, you know, very competitive industry. So the beef that those two brothers have a lot of times about that stuff, you know, neither one will listen to me. But if they did, I would tell them that the, 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 the whole picture is just bigger than a beef about where the guy wants to put on a dress and, right. uh, you know, entertain us. You know, Tyler has done a, a great job and make it a, a tremendous impact in what he does, and that's, and that's to be commended because, like I said before, when he works and Spike works and a number of other filmmakers work, a lot of people uh, get the opportunity to work. But, um, yeah, I, I think what we're missing is variety and diversity in the marketplace. Yeah, and and we know that you have a project coming up with um, director Domingo Martin, and I've, and that seems to be something that can help us kind of balance out a little bit. Just a good story. I yeah, that, uh, like a good story. I, I didn't know. I forgot that I had met Domingo when I was uh, I was I was doing some work with my alma mater, Clark uh, Clark Atlanta University. We had a film festival, and. I got introduced to a young lady then who was who had just written a script and and I think she had was either cousins with Bobby Brown and Bobby Brown's brother I think was managing her at the time and uh, she reminded me of that story and I said oh I forgot and I said that was you she said yeah that was me and then our, our paths crossed much later and uh, she told me about my first love and it's been a, a true labor of love and Dominga is very committed, she's organized, a uh, great communicator, and uh, she's written a wonderful uh, screenplay. Again, it, it, it definitely takes us back to those days of, of uh, Love Jones and mm. other types of uh, other types of movies like that. And, and, and Domingo loves independent films, you know, nothing against commercial films, but she, right. her, her take is that she loves independent films, and she, and she loves that spirit. Of, of of making her projects, whether it's a music video, uh, commercial, public service announcement, etc. Um, you know, she 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 just likes that that feel for you know her style, and you know that's why I signed up to work with her on my first loves. That's awesome. And now, now when when she was on the show, we had <clears throat> several people call in and share their story about their first love. Uh, would you care to share your story about your first love, Monty? Oh, you're talking about my, in terms of my work? Yeah, my no, first love first... is always film. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Oh, he's good. Okay. Okay. You want to go first love. My first uh-huh. love? Wow. Okay, I would have to say my first, wow, first love. Um, it's kind of interesting. I I would say uh, that my, my first, first time I fell in love, I guess, was with Jackie. I can't think of Jackie's last name, but it was in about third or fourth grade, because back then you had the shirts with the little hook on the back uh, of your shirt. <laughs> I'm dating myself. But you had this little hook on the back of your shirt, and so <laughs> you had certain girls in the class who would come around and say, like, you know, if you if I grab your hook, that means you're cute. That means you're, you know. <laughs> and so she went around the class, you know, and she looked, and she looked, and, and, and then she came over to me, and she kept coming, and everybody in the class was looking at me, and I'm looking back at them, and here comes Jackie, and she hooked my shirt. And I'm like, oh! 
I've been chosen, y'all I've been chosen, right? And I was like one of these shy kids, you know, tall kids, skinny, with these big, thick glasses on. And here, here comes Jackie, and Jackie's like one of the cutest girls in the class. And she, she took my little shirt. I was like, oh, lady, that was it. You put the brother on. That was it. In front of everybody, you know what I'm saying? So I felt like uh, when that happened, Jackie was always, and I remember that, you know, to this day. And uh, I've, I've so never funny. seen her since then. But, yeah, that was, I, I would say that would be my first my first Aww, love. Oh, that's such an that. endearing story. <laughs> that's such an, so we know film is your second first love. When did you, How did you get your start in film? And that question is coming from the chat room. Uh, Tanaka, oh, okay. I got, my start, you got I got my start in film through theater. First, I was an actor, and I loved to act. And I happened to go to uh, 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 Clark Atlanta University. Well, I started actually at Morehouse, and then I, I ran out of money, and Clark gave me some money to go to school. So I ended up over there <laughs> and I ended okay. up in the theater department. And I just so happened to be in the theater department with people like Kenny Leon, uh, and at the time, Kenny Leon was dating Angela Bassett, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, his wife, LaTanya, uh, was it was in that group. Another guy by the name of Bill Nunn was in that group. So there's a, there's a number of people who came out of Atlanta uh, who were all in the Atlanta University Center. We were all, you know, theater mates and, and hanging out learning theater. So Spike used to come to the uh, plays and check us all out. And I just remember one time a good friend of ours named George Folks introduced uh, me to Spike, and me and Spike hit it off, and then we became college, you know, buddies. You know, we'd hang out, find a way to go to the parties and uh, enjoy ourselves, and we began to talk about what we wanted to do for the future. And Spike said, you know, I think I like film. I don't know. We got a film camera, started making his movies and fell in love with film. And... um, you know, I would always help him out uh, if he was working on a short eight millimeter film, that kind of thing. And then when he was doing his thesis film at uh, New York University, um, I auditioned for that his film, which was Joe's Bedside Barbershop. We cut heads. The film went on to win a Student Academy Award, and we thought we were going to Hollywood. And we found out a year later that we weren't working and nothing was happening. And we raised money to do She's Got to Have It. Um, well, actually, there was a film before that, but we raised money to do She's Got to Have It, and um, I ended up being a uh, production supervisor on the film, and uh, we, we got the movie shot in 12 days, and Spike liked working with me, I liked working with him, and got the movie released, and uh, that was it. And the next thing I know, and I, don't, I say this because I didn't know, Spike didn't know that his work would be received the way it was, and, and what I mean by that. Uh, as a filmmaker, you take a chance when the lights go down and people are there to see your movie. You don't know who's in there watching your movie. Right. And I always say to filmmakers that give it your best shot. You know, uh, you, you might find yourself in some remote area of the country. You might find yourself in a place where they, there aren't that many, you know, people who are interested in film and, and, and that many people interested in theater and people taking their craft serious. But if you take it serious, if you really, really take it serious, you never know what can happen. And that's pretty much what happened with us. We provided the entertainment industry with a great film. Right. Period. Right. We make a difference about a lot of money or no money. You know, the quality was there. 
and we provided the industry with what they needed at the time. And it was a gut reaction. When the lights went down and came back up, the distributors wanted their movie. And that's all you have as an independent filmmaker. And I, I say that much is because so many people think that it's all about, you know, name recognition. you got to get this star. you got to do this. you got to do that. And I need a million dollars. I need two million. got to do this because, you know, this investor is singing this. And, oh, my God. No, what you need to do is learn the skill of how to entertain an audience. Yes. That's a skill. And it's authentic. It becomes authentic. People can see that. Right. So people are always saying, well, you know, I'm just going to post it online anyway. No, 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 no. Some people yeah. want to leave their house, turn their phones off, and enjoy a movie in a screen, in a, in a room, in, in, in a theater. They do. So if, if, if you are in a local market right now, of course people are flocking online and you're getting posts this and you post that and you do all of that stuff, which is great. I'm not knocking that system. What I'm saying is if 50 to 100, 300 people come out and see your movie over the course of four weekends and you are entertaining them in that space, you can bet that you are going to be considered the filmmaker of choice for entertaining people in the big venue versus entertaining people on a little screen. That's when the investors begin to look at you in a way that, hey, we got to put money behind you because you know how to get the crowd going even in this small market. That's right. what this is about, and that's what I if I get that message out to any person in film right now is that is – what you have to do, and that's going back to the old school, because I do love the new school, I do love modern technology, but people want to get out of the house and they want to be entertained. If you know how to entertain me there with no money, guess what happens when you do have money? Mm. Prices. That makes total sense to us. <laughs> Prices. Something, something that I live, That's that's not... This isn't like, you know, me just, you know, on my high horse telling you no. Right, right. When you're in the trenches and you have nothing but yourself, you have money, a little bit. You don't have anything, but you do have your skill. If you master right. your skill and master being able to tell me a story in an hour and a half, and I'm crying. If it's a drama, I'm crying. Oh, my God. If I'm I'm laughing. I'm laughing out loud. I'm slapping my knee. I'm slapping the person next to me. And you, you got me entertained. I'm going to look at you because the common person, that person on the street is that worker at who drives that bus. They're that right. worker who is the one who has to do whatever they have to do. So when they come to you and they say, man, this is going to be good. Oh, I told you it's going to be good, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's old school, but that's what a lot of young filmmakers need. And they're, they're the connectors. Those people become the connectors, and they spread the word. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Now, well, Monty, we know that you have hey, I got, uh, a good one. <laughs> yes, I got a so class. Keep you. Yeah, that's I got what I'm going to keep I got, you. I got my class. I got to go back because I got some yeah. youngsters in there, and I got I to bring okay. them along. Look, so I got one last that's one, fine. and I'm out, y'all. Well, this okay. okay. You, we'll let you go. Um, and All we'll right. have Domingo call in because I want her to talk a little bit about the uh, Brooklyn tour, the, the footage that I saw with you guys going yeah, yeah, to Brooklyn. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we can kick it a little bit about that. And, and uh, we I don't even want to give it away, but I know that there's one scene in there where we actually, I, we actually went to the studio where Spike and I actually 
lived and breathed and and hung out and and did everything while we were making. She's got a she's got a habit, and people for the lo- a long time uh, didn't know that Spike stayed in a 300 square foot studio, squashed between two <laughs> two brownstones. And yeah, right. And that's the place it's where amazing. we uh, did. She's got a habit. I, I certainly appreciate the time, y'all. And, uh, no and problem, Monty. Thank and, you uh, so much. Thank you so no much. Problem. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll All be right. watching. All right. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. We need to get him back. Yes, There's definitely. So much information and, that uh, – I, I wanted to actually get to the area of what it really takes to be a producer. Yeah, we'll have him come back. Of, of and we have Dominga. Like you there, Dominga? Hello, Dominga, are you on the line? Okay, maybe not. So um, we were going to have um, Dominga call in, and she was going to share with us the, the behind the scenes. They they have, uh, for the campaign, they shot a tour of Brooklyn. And, um, and so I wanted him to talk a little bit about that as well. But once he thought the show was tomorrow, so <laughs> we were able to get him a little bit on the phone, you know. So, yeah, yeah we'll yeah, get the time for him to really delve into the producer role and what that means to film. Yeah, that. And, and also about the, the class that he's teaching as well, because there were some people on, on, on Twitter that were talking about, you know, how they enjoyed the class. And so, you know, some of the students, I guess, are just taking the class. So I wanted him to, you know, talk more about that. But, you know, we'll, we'll okay. do it at, we can at definitely a later date. Do that. And we have, I'm trying to get Dominga on the call. On the, her, are you there, Dominga? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? We can hear you. We can hear you. We are just talking about how amazing Monty is. And I know that it's such a privilege to be working with him on the project. And um, we wanted to ask you a little bit about the behind this, about the, the tour, the Brooklyn footage. Yes, uh, it, it's been a great uh, experience working with Monty. I mean, I, I think that he really exemplifies the uh, gatekeepers who reach back up, reach back out to uh, the new school and, and really lift them up. And so uh, in this first episode of the behind the scenes um it's the old school meets the new, which is the theme. And he takes me on a tour through Brooklyn of where he and Spike shot uh, some of their movies. Now, we had tons of footage, um, and and we couldn't share everything. But once the movie is released, we will be uh, releasing a full-length documentary that shows, like, all of the spots where they, they made history. That is awesome. That's awesome. Um, and how long did it take to shoot? Um, we shot for one day in Brooklyn. We went to uh, Bleak's Loft, where uh, Denzel's character lived in More Better Blues. Um, I was extremely excited to go to Nola Darling's Loft, where they made She's Got to Have It, because growing up in Boston, you know, I, I didn't uh, get to see that movie until later on in life. So, mm. uh, you know, seeing where they made She's Got to Have It in that little small studio, like it's just... <laughs> <laughs> that people will be uh, really intrigued and educated. And I think that it'll be inspiring to see that you can really start in a small room and, uh, you know, 25, 30 years later be a legend uh, as a filmmaker. And, and, you know, he has has always been a huge inspiration to me. And, uh, you know, Monty Ross was the first producer's name I knew on a screen. 
And so when I wrote my very first screenplay, it was Monty Ross that I thought could make it happen simply because I felt that if he liked Spike's work, you know, that feeling that he would like my, you know, my work. And um, it's just a full circle moment and a blessing to really be able to work with him. That's awesome. And how can people see it? Well, the first people who get the exclusive download are the ones who made a donation to the campaign. That actually goes out, or it probably already went out today to them. So they're the first people that get the exclusive before it goes public. And um, next week it will be publicly uh, for everyone uh, sometime next week. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll keep an eye out. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that uh, allhiphop.com is, is going to run that one. Awesome. That's awesome. We'll look. We'll have to go and do a full scale investigation with all hip hop. All right, Domingo. Well, you all enjoy right, the rest well, of your day. Thank you for having us. Of course, of course, no problem. Um, and we'll we'll catch up to you soon. And we're we're watching the campaign. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a good weekend. All right, you too. All right, bye bye. Film, film everywhere. The art right there. My first love the movie coming out uh, later this year. Uh, see, <laughs> did you send in your um, headshot? Uh, to who? Where? What? <laughs> you have to send it to Because <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I I can click right now, and that's a done deal. But I okay. mean, who, who, what, where, why? Just you know, let me know. I. I you know, I've been asking for a minute about, you know, when are you, when are you have to get all that kind of stuff, so. Yeah, they haven't done started doing any of that yet, but since you have an in, I would say take advantage of your relationship. Okay, well, 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 well. We'll, uh. At least plant the seeds. We'll, we'll, we'll find out if I have the exact correct yeah. address, and then I'll plant definitely send it or today. two. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely, definitely. send that today. Okay, I know you will. I know you, <laughs> you will. Know it. So, but um, that was you... um, some some great information, though. Once again, yes. given by yes. Monty Ross, who's been in the business for a long, long time. And as you heard, if you were listening, he started on the acting side. Yeah. So not even so many people the have done producing side from from the acting side. And the reason why that's important because if you're Looking, directing, or whatever, actors, you need to know what it is that they do and what they need to do in order to project the particular characters and stories that they're, they're getting out on screen. Yeah. That's very important. And the best directors and producers and so forth know actors and what they do. And that's the reason why they're the best directors and producers, because they know the craft. And very serious about it, too. And the other thing I thought was really interesting as he was talking about his early beginnings in college and how he was in school with so-and-so's wife. Uh, was it Danny? Who did he say? Danny Grover's wife? Sammy Jackson's um, wife? Sam Jackson. Like, these women that we see now as wives, they, they didn't just come along. They had been in the trenches with, you know, acting, acting themselves or having crafts themselves. So a lot of times mm-hmm. when people get famous and then we see their siblings, like, how did they meet them? Because they were in the mm-hmm. same craft, they were doing the same thing. So, yeah, I thought that's that was rare, really though. 
Um, I mean, I see it often. I, I see, you know, I see people that are married, and then when, like, if you Google the wife, you find out that they're also an actress or that they did their first something or another or they met in college when they were doing theater. You know what I mean? So I do see that often. Uh, I don't, but hey, you know. <laughs> Well, see, you know what? When you get famous and I'm and you bring your little raggedy girlfriend around, be like, you know what? That no, 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 no. There, there won't be any raggedy. That, that, I'm that, just that, joking. Let's back that up first of all. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's. You're very particular, and she's gonna have to be a very special girl. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Before yeah. you even even brought around. <laughs> of course. Yeah, because I know you. You should be a secret girl before she gets to see the light of day. You gotta be, you gotta be on top of your game. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, I mean, people who you bring in the company of others, especially if you respect those people, Absolutely. you don't just want to bring anybody in their company. You know. People do it all the time, but you're right. You're I, right. I, I know people do it. All, trust me, right? You know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's a certain <laughs> etiquette, you know, to of these course. things that, you know, I guess certain people don't have or don't. Prescribe to or subscribe to. Yeah. Well, it's all good. It's all good. I can't wait. I'm going to be right there for your first big movie debut. I'm going to be right there with my popcorn, <laughs> clapping. I can't wait. It's going to be really exciting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to jump into some music. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. We only got like 20 minutes or so left. I that know. Time for so me having fun. Let's do some uh, Iwande. Let's do Iwande. Let's do that. And let's do one more time. How does that That's sound? my jam. There it is. Call us 646-478-5123. And uh, we'll be back with some more, y'all. This is not the life I planned 
Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, uh-huh. It's okay, on the right okay. time for us to wrap up another show. Yes, it is. Daily Slice. Our Daily Slice. And we have a several. We, I've had a lot of Daily Slices this week. Really? Um, so you had the full cake. Huh? You had the full cake, not just the slice. I have had the full cake this week. And I'm not complaining. I never complain. Um, but I've had a lot of uh, very present moments. And one of the things that I started doing on the page was um, introducing the seven steps to your ultimate celebration, right? And mm-hmm. so I do the slash for today is the first step in the seven steps. And you may be familiar with DC because you've seen this before. But okay. 
So the daily fight is step one in the seven steps to your ultimate celebration is giving people their stuff back, understanding what you believe and why and where the belief came from. Identifying and discarding old, your old story is the most important step in our process of reaching our ultimate celebration. So what that means is a lot of times we go through life with this stuff that, that sometimes it bogs us down, but all old stories aren't bad. Some are good. But we have to identify, you know, and reexamine our belief systems and our core belief about ourselves. We have to understand where that came from. You know, where did my take on relationships come from? Was my mom in abusive relationships? Do I think it's okay? Was my dad controlling? Do I seek that in a man, you know, or a woman, vice versa? And identify them and decide if they work for you. And if they don't, it's okay to give them back to where they came from. Identifying where you got the story and give it back. And that's the first step. <laughs> wow. So that's our daily okay. life. That's a big life. That's, but it's that's a moist a, thing, a, a so very it goes down life. easy. <laughs> With icing and sprinkles and, and uh, chocolate chips on top. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But so necessary. we want to thank you guys. For everyone that joined us today, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Tanaka in the chat room says he's going to make a plea for some happy music. So that's not that's fine. We have some happy music. We'll leave him with the um, dance. We want to dance with you, Tanaka. How about that? We'll leave him with some happy music. Um, but, again, thank you guys for joining us. We're sending you love and light, and you can meet us here, same time, same place, next week. So have a great that's week. That's right. Yep, and we're going to dance ourselves up out of here. No doubt. Peace, stay safe, y'all. For a minute, I'm asking about your future because I'm trying to get a minute. I've been keeping on the low and I can tell you authentic. Treat your heart like a prize. I'm a chance once I win a slim waist, pretty face, got style and taste. Stand apart from the crowd, but you move with grace. I got time, I don't move in hate. I can wait for you. And when you're ready, I'll be standing at the gate for you. Try and keep it straight for you. Stay on my grind with it. Don't matter what you want to do, just know that I'm with it. We could be tighter than two breaths through one nostril. Say you needed a real man, well, I got you. Every day, all day, with no time off. Just try and love you. Don't confuse it like I'm so. Cause I'm a boss of bosses. Quick to cut my losses. Let me know mine, I won't force it.
ain't with it. No hard feelings, everything will be fine. But if y'all are slut, a hearts to bond. See, we can shine like the sun, you the moon, race the star, here we are. Happily ever, that's no matter the weather. Let's go ahead, put the thing together, can start slow. Give it plenty of light, keep it wet and watch it grow. I know you like to keep the biz on the low. You an independent woman, no way am I sweating that. On stand minds, I got your back, make no front. From here to eternity, whatever you want. You take your time, but I'm just asking once. Holla at me if you choose yes. No, I'll be making you hella happy. Had me going all out for a chance with you. I wish I said this out loud in this dance with you. Like, uh... 